everything that you're doing in your life is influencing those people that you love. Your staff, your family, your friends, your husbands, your spouses, your lovers, everybody is being influenced by what you do. And so if you have some high integrity and take care of yourself and put yourself first, they will too. That's the longevity key right there. Welcome to the Longevity Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Gray. My number one goal with the show is to help you discover your personalized plan to build your dream health and live a longer, happier, truly healthier life. You're about to hear from Dr. Tabitha Barber, the functional gynecologist. She has quite the story and quite the passion for helping women, specifically with estrogen dominance. I have a feeling after listening to this, you're going to wish she was your gynecologist. Let's get started. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Your Longevity Blueprint podcast. Today, my guest is Dr. Tabitha Barber. She's devoted her life to giving women a voice and a choice when it comes to their health and well-being. As a young girl, she struggled with self-esteem and identity issues, dealt with peer pressure, and survived the ridicule and stigma of becoming a teenage mother. As she shared in her first published book titled From White Trash to White Coat, The Birth of Catherine's Purpose, those events led Tabitha to finding her purpose in life. With perseverance and grace, she was able to redirect her path in life and become a successful physician. Dr. Tabitha Barber is triple board certified in obstetrics and gynecology, menopause, and functional medicine. She cares for women one-on-one in her clinic as a functional gynecologist and is the creator and host of the Functional Gynecologist Podcast, where she shares her wisdom and knowledge with women everywhere to reclaim their health. She's also a keynote speaker, clinical instructor, mentor, medical director, wife, mom, and grandma. By incorporating functional medicine into her women's health practice, she's able to provide women with the tools they need to optimize their health and happiness, which in turn allows these women to pursue their purpose in life. Love that. Makes me want to cry. So welcome to the show, Dr. Tabitha. Oh, thank you so much for having me. When you mentioned grandma, it made me think of your son because my grandson looks just like (laughs) your son. So I just think it's so cute. I love it. Well, they are little cuties. Yes. I know. I want to hear more of your story. So I want to hear what a functional gynecologist is. But before we get to that, tell me where your story started. What even inspired you to become a functional gynecologist? Yeah. So having my daughter in high school, it was very traumatic. I had a, you know, a long pregnancy, but a very traumatic delivery. And I had a very (laughs) old gentleman family physician as my doctor. And I will tell you, there were not a lot of conversations, just things were done to me. There was no like, hey, let's have an informed discussion about your options. It was like, here's what's happening or not even that. And so I went through a lot of scary stuff and I came out of it on the other end thinking, oh my gosh, if there's more women like that who feel like they're not given a choice and they don't know what's going on with their bodies, like that's really scary. And so I realized, you know, I came up with this idea that I want to help women and want to give them a voice in their health care. And so I thought I would, I got my GED, I thought I would go to nursing school you know, I did the community college thing and I realized that I wanted to be in charge of their care. I wanted to help lift them up and not just follow through on orders. And so it put me on this path to becoming a physician. And it was a long, painful path, I'll tell you. Like, <laughs> thank goodness you don't really know what you're getting into when you sign up. 
But I got out into practice and what I inherited this practice from an older physician that was retiring. And so I had a lot of older ladies and I learned a lot taking over that practice because they had all had hysterectomies in the 70s and 80s and you know, a lot of things were done to them without discussion. They never knew if they had their body parts still, like, do you have your ovaries? I don't know. Do you have your appendix? I don't know. Um, and so I was like right back in that situation, like, oh my gosh, things are still being done to women and they don't know what to ask or they're afraid to ask because they don't want to look disrespectful. That was, you know, a common thing with my older population. Yeah, yeah. The doctor knows best. Yep, yep. And I also learned that as a conventional OBGYN, we love to just get rid of the symptoms. We just love to get rid of that heavy period, that painful period. We don't really get to the root of the issue, why it's happening. So I would see women who had their uteruses out because their periods got heavy, but then they come to me and they've had breast cancer or, you know, they get an ablation and they're back two years later because now they're starting to bleed again and it's painful. And through this, during this time, I'm going through changes and I'm getting heavier periods and having hormone imbalances. I'm having horrible night sweats. I even got a tonsillectomy at 40 because I was having such bad night sweats. The ENT said, oh, it must be your tonsils. Let's have your tonsils out. Did that help? It did not help. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> so all of this is happening and I, my wheels are turning. I am like, what is going on with every woman I'm seeing? Why isn't my birth control pill working for people? Why isn't the ablation working? Why am I so hormonally imbalanced? And that's when I, you know, figured out estrogen dominance. Like we are so imbalanced hormonally and we are just covering up the symptoms left and right. And so I was on this mission to figure out how can I actually get to the root of the issue with my patients and stop doing this algorithm of pills, patches, ablation, hysterectomy, only to be left with not having fixed the problem. You know, I think it came to a head when I was at a wine tasting dinner. It was like the middle of winter. We were outside. I had this big fluffy white coat on and I felt a gush. I I touched my crotch and my hand was bloody. And oh. I looked at my girlfriends. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And it's because I was stressed out. I wasn't taking care of my body. I was living on junk food. I wasn't sleeping. I was doing all the wrong things. And I was the gynecologist who couldn't fix herself. So you know, fast forward five years, I have it all figured out. You know, I know how to tackle the root cause and actually help women get back into balance and quit covering up their symptoms. So that is where I found functional medicine to be so helpful and it just works so well in gynecology. So I just coined the term functional gynecologist. Yeah, that's what you are, literally. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I love that you are so open-minded because I have come across gynecologists who are open-minded and some who are very close-minded where it's, you know, what they say goes and that's it. And there are no other tools. And I, and I get frustrated because 
I think, but they're not helping everyone. So what are they what are they offering their patients who continue to come back with problems, right? We have to think outside the box. And so I want to talk a little bit about just reiterate what you mentioned and go over how your tools have changed. So let's let's repeat what your tools used to be, right? Practicing solely fun or conventional medicine and how your tools have changed now. I, I have an analogy in my book where I'm comparing conventional medicine to the fire department, right? They're here to put out big, bad, ugly fires and we need them, but they don't get to what you were saying, the root cause of the problem. And so guess what? A fire can happen again or elsewhere in your home, right? If you don't get to that root cause. Functional medicine, in this analogy, I'm more describing as a carpenter or a contractor. They're here to figure out why you had the you know, faulty circuitry that led to the fire in the first place. They're here to help you rebuild your health. And I, and I kind of see that with, with you, maybe how your tools used to be more putting out the fires, and now they're more helping rebuild the body. So go over again for the listeners what your tools used to be, and then let's talk about what some tools are now. Yes, totally. You, you hit the nail on the head. So... You come to me with symptoms of endometriosis, I'm going to give you the birth control pill. You come to me with fibroids on your ultrasound and heavy painful periods, I'm going to give you the birth control pill. You get diagnosed with PCOS, I'm going to give you the birth control pill. You know, you have irregular periods that are, or heavy periods or PMS, any gamut, we're going to start with the birth control pill. And when you don't tolerate it or you're having side effects or it's not working, we're going to bump it up a notch. We're going to get you on hormone suppressing medications like Lupron or the Depo shot, you know, and then we're going to go on to surgery. We're either going to do laparoscopy or start burning things and removing things. So pills and surgery, those are my options. And I, I don't fault conventional gynecologists for practicing this way because the societies that we adhere to the you know governing bodies that give us our certifications they are very you know strong and adamant about how to practice and so this is drilled into you from early on and so i don't fault gynecologists and then you're stuck in this insurance based model of healthcare where you have 15 minutes to to tackle this problem. So I get a patient who comes to me who's like crying all the time or biting her husband's head off. Her periods are heavy to the point where her hemoglobin is down to like 10. I got 15 minutes to fix it. Here's your pill or let's schedule surgery. You know, there's no time to talk about, are you being exposed to xenoestrogens in your diet? Are you eating the right food? Are you managing your stress? Are you abusing your liver? Like all of these things that impact it. And so, so those are those the new tools. Yeah. tools. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they work for a time period. That's the, that's the frustrating part for patients and for doctors. I feel for gynecologists because they want to help women. They want to take care of women, but they're just as messed up as the patients are. Honestly, I, I was there. That was me. I probably slept two hours average a night because I was delivering babies all night, doing surgeries and seeing patients all day. I was grabbing donuts from the nurse's station. I was living on whatever garbage and five cups of coffee from Starbucks that I could get my hands on. You know, there was no time to do the right thing because I was taking care of everybody else. Just and like you were working them. hard. It's not like you weren't working hard. You were working really hard. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so I loved my patients and I thought I was doing the best for them. But when you know better, you do better. Right. So 
the shift is I'm not trying to come down on anybody. I feel terrible for the way I practiced because it was just putting Band-Aid after Band-Aid on people and it wasn't fixing the real issue. And so now I have so many more tools in my toolbox, you know? Sometimes we need to give hormones and that's great. But if we don't do the other stuff, that only lasts for so long. You know, like I get women who are so busy, they just want their hormones replaced. Like, okay, you're going to be back in three months because it's going to feel good for a short time. And then all your other stuff's going to kick in and the imbalance is going to return. Or we're going to be juggling all day, all night. Like, oh, I need more estrogen. I need less. I need more progesterone. I need more testosterone because you're not dealing with the root cause. So, so different. (laughs) Well, let's talk about root causes. And maybe you can share a little bit of your story also as far as how you reclaimed your health you know, using again, some of these, these tools. So, so tell us, yeah. So you were obviously struggling with heavy bleeding clearly (laughs) amongst maybe some other things. So did, were you able to use functional medicine principles to help reclaim your health? I was Dr. Stephanie, but it was really hard. And I will tell you, I made a drastic change. I left my conventional practice with my secure salaried paycheck and my health insurance and like my thousands of patients who loved me, you know, I gave all that up because it was so unhealthy and it was destroying me. And I went on to open a functional medicine practice. And so I was practicing what I was preaching. I got control of my diet. I started eating foods that nourished me and had healthy fats so I could make my hormones. And, you know, I stopped eating out of plastic and I started doing what was necessary. I got off the caffeine and the junk food and the sugar. I started sleeping at night. I started exercising regularly. I started managing my stress in a more appropriate way. You know, one of my favorite things was I found 10% Happier. It's an app that you download on your phone and it just does five to 10 minute guided meditations. Like literally you turn it on and you just do what Joseph Goldstein says and it helps. It brings you back down to your calm and normal self and gets you out of that heightened craziness that you're feeling all day long. So I started walking the talk. I did all the things. I practiced what I preach. And it was amazing. I have normal periods now. They're regular every month. They're not heavy. I'm not like on crying jigs and ripping my husband's head off. I don't have breast tenderness. Like it all went away. So what I found is there's five key areas that you need to tackle to get rid of estrogen dominance. Let's define that. You you mentioned that earlier on, and we've talked about that in my podcast, but for new listeners, let's go over what is estrogen dominance. So what are symptoms or conditions that we believe as functional medicine providers are related to that? Yeah. So it could be an absolute, you have too much estrogen in your system. It could be a relative thing. You have too much estrogen compared to your progesterone levels. It could be an environmental thing. You have too much xenoestrogens in your system from plastics that you've accumulated daily in, day out. 
It could be that you're not metabolizing and getting rid of the estrogens you've already used. Your livers and gallbladder aren't functioning. It could be that your gut isn't balanced and it's causing you to reabsorb your estrogens. So there's five different ways that you can get this picture of too much estrogen at the wrong times in your cycle compared to progesterone. And estrogen is a growth hormone. It likes to make things grow. It makes the lining inside your uterus grow. And so if you don't have progesterone keeping it in check, it will grow out of control. It can cause uterine cancer, just like breast tissue. If you have estrogen out of control, it can cause breast tissue to grow. It can cause endometriosis to grow and fibroids to grow. So... When I talk about estrogen dominance, it's this idea that you don't have the right level for you in your picture, in your scenario. You know, somebody gave me this analogy once like, you know, women's sock sizes are like for shoe size six to 10 and your socks, they fit okay. But try, if you're a size eight shoe, try to walk around in a size six shoe it's going to hurt like hell and you're not going to wear them. Or if you try to walk around in a 10, they're going to be falling off of you and you're going to be miserable. So even though there's this range of quote unquote normal adult woman's feet, that doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. And I feel the same way about hormones, our thyroid, our cortisol, our estrogens, our progesterone, all our hormones. So you need to figure out what estrogen level fits for you and your progesterone and your cycle and everything else. And I will tell you, I've yet to meet a woman who has estrogen dominance in her 40s, who doesn't in her 40s. Like we all do because of those five things, because we're not managing our stress properly, we're pumping out cortisol all day. It's crazy out of control. So that's number one. Let's pause pause for a moment there. And, and yeah. I talk a lot about this. I mean, we're speaking the same language. <laughs> so stress will rob you of progesterone, right? Specifically, yeah. the most, which yes. is going to render you more estrogen dominant. If you think of a scale, estrogen on one side and progesterone on the other, right? Even if your estrogen's not high per se, if you're if you have no progesterone, right, then again, that's a relative estrogen dominance compared to your progesterone. So stress is not helpful. So yeah, so I just wanted to reemphasize that. But yes. go on to the next point. Yeah. No, it's such an important point because they don't realize that progesterone is an ingredient to make cortisol. So here you go, you're trying to ovulate every month and make progesterone. But it's a normal factor to not ovulate as you age. You know, we run out of eggs over time. They stop popping off every month. And so if you don't ovulate that month, your little corpus luteum in your ovary doesn't make as much progesterone. So you're already deficient. And then you go and steal it to make cortisol and you're even more deficient. And so imagine how high your estrogen looks to your system when you're that imbalanced. And so that's one way. And then the liver, you know this, this is like your doctorate, right? You, if you are abusing your liver, and we do this all the time, we don't mean to, but if you're managing your stress with alcohol every night because you deserve that glass or three of wine at the <laughs> end of the day, your liver is busy processing that alcohol, that Tylenol PM you're taking to help you sleep, all of those functions. And it can't possibly 
methylate your estrogens and help get rid of them. And so you need to love your liver and be nice to your liver. And then I see women all day long who are constipated. So they're having bowel movements every three or four days. They're not normal. Not normal. Yeah. (laughs) Please, ladies, if you get nothing out of this, you need to poop every day. You need to have nice formed regular poops because that estrogen your body's trying to get rid of is sitting in that stool and can get reabsorbed. So there's actually, you know this, there's a bacteria that will create an enzyme called beta-glucuronidase and it will make the garbage tag on the estrogen get cut off and you'll reabsorb the estrogen and you'll have too much estrogen from your constipation. So figure that out. Is it a dairy issue? Do you need to get rid of the cow's milk? Do you need to drink more water? Do you need more fiber? What is going on in your gut? Balance it out, right? So I love that, yeah. These are the things we do in functional medicine. These are the different tools. We are actually taking time to ask patients questions, right? (laughs) To figure (laughs) out what areas in their life, you know, they have room for improvement in for sure. Estrogen also, we again talked about this in other episodes, but that can come from toxins like fragrances and personal care products from herbicides and pesticides. And I live in the Midwest. They're everywhere. I mean, they're everywhere. Just rolling down my car with this nice spring weather, there's a good chance I'm going to get a whiff of, <laughs> whiff of herbicides and pesticides. So these xenoestrogens that you've alluded to are man-made, like synthetic estrogens that our bodies don't recognize that will still bind to estrogen receptors but can cause more harm. Not good. And that's, again, why we need to love our livers and our gut so that our, our, our bodies can handle process, eliminate these these toxins to help balance our hormones. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I see so many women with weight loss resistance because of these xenoestrogens, all these toxins in our environment. You know, our fat cells hold on to them. Our fat cells make estrogen. There's another way right there. So if you are carrying too much extra weight around, you have more cells to create more estrogen. And then it's not a good estrogen. It's called estrone and you don't want that. So we have to decrease our toxic burden to decrease our fat cells, get rid of that weight. So we decrease our estrogen. It's complicated. Men and women. Yeah. So even men who have extra weight around their their middle, right? Those fat cells secrete an enzyme called aromatase, which converts beneficial testosterone to estrogen. Yeah. Right? So one That's way why to read man boobs, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Again, not normal. But this is, you know, we're speaking the same language and, and most of our patients are now understanding and learning this, but there's a whole I mean, there's millions of people who haven't heard this, right? Who need to hear this. And so I love I love what you're doing <laughs> um, because we're working to educate men and women on on these changes and give them hope and, and use different tools. I want to go back for a minute to your book, From White Trash to White Coat. That is a catchy title. <laughs> <laughs> so what prompted you to write that book? Yeah, so I guess I've been through a lot in my 46 years and people would always say to me, oh my God, you should write a book. Your life is crazy. It, like. They always say, how did you do it? How did you go from being a high school dropout to being a physician? They like want to know. And so I went through a struggle with my back a few years ago. And when I was off after surgery, I started writing this book and it just started flowing. And once I started, I couldn't stop because I realized 
When we hear stories from each other, we get inspired and we start to think about our own stories in our own life and we learn so many lessons. And so I wanted to share that with women. And it was actually really cathartic to go through and relive everything from my childhood and on up. It was painful too. It was a really hard book to write. But what I realized was my faith was a huge guiding factor in my strength and believing that I was more than I was told that I was. You know, I was told I was white trash and that a burnout, you know, because I hung around with the wrong crowd. And and it was just that I was making bad choices and I didn't have guidance, but I did have that faith, that base of Jesus loves me. It doesn't matter what I did, you know, he'll forgive me. And you can always go in a different direction and try again. And once I figured all that out and harnessed that, then I was unstoppable. And I want other women to feel that way. I want them to realize it doesn't matter what you've done, who you've been, who you've been with, like what's going on you still can take control and make a shift in your life. And I've made big shifts multiple times in my life and I just keep coming out on top. And so I thought I wanted, you know, it was important to share that with people. Amen. I love that. Love that so much. Yeah, I yeah. have not read your book, so I'm gonna gonna have to read that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I will send it to you. Yeah, just give me your address. <laughs> Be happy to. Well, I know you also guide your patients with like diet changes as far as intermittent fasting is concerned. So tell me how you feel intermittent fasting, which we've also talked about on the podcast, is a way to tap into our body's innate intelligence. Oh, love, love intermittent fasting as a tool. So, you know, the keto diet has been super popular. Men get on the keto diet, they drop 30 pounds, they feel amazing. Women do the keto diet and a lot of them feel like crap. Because as we mentioned before, you're carrying so much toxins in your fat cells that you try and burn those fat cells for fuel and you, you know, feel the effects of those toxins moving around. But even more so, we've created this society where we eat from dusk until dawn. Like as soon as we wake up, we start eating. And even a conventional medical system, because they're driven by the food industry, has got us thinking that we need to eat snacks every couple hours to maintain our blood sugar so that we don't have a crash. And we are completely away from how God created us as humans. God created us to go time periods without food. We did not, you know, we were not created with grocery stores on every corner. You should be able to go one to three days without food and not feel miserable. You know, the misconception is that you need food for energy, whereas food actually requires energy to be digested and absorbed. And so eating is a time of rest, you know? So people think, I got to eat. I'm going to the gym. I got to eat. I'm doing this. And that is the wrong way to think about it. So we get into this cycle where we're eating all day long, you know, we're snacking. They're healthy snacks, they're almonds, they're cheese sticks, they're, you know, whatever. But you're getting this constant intake of sugar in your bloodstream. So your body never has to tap into your fat stores to burn fat for fuel. How could you possibly lose weight? Then when you do want to lose weight, 
your body doesn't even remember how to tap into those fat stores and burn ketones for fuel. Like I have seen so much insulin resistance, prediabetes in my women, gestational diabetes in my pregnant women, because we have retrained our body to be in this constant sugar burning mode as opposed to fat burning. And so getting back to the way our bodies were created to be by not eating all of the time reminds our body, hey, you can tap into those fat stores. You can burn ketones for fuel. And the amazing thing is ketones are cleaner. They're easier on your brain, you you know? All the sugar and the carbohydrates that we ingest all day long is very inflammatory and it can create brain fog. I get so many patients are just like so foggy throughout the day. And as soon as they give up that breakfast and that coffee creamer and all that crap that they're starting their day out with, they get clarity because they're burning fat for fuel. They're burning ketones and they're decreasing that inflammation. And so it's an amazing tool to reverse PCOS, insulin resistance, prediabetes and diabetes. It's how we were created to be. Not eating 24-7. Yeah, love that. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't eaten yet today. It's what, like... 12.30 my time, you know, and I feel just fine. I actually feel better when I don't eat right away. What's your, I have to ask now that you you shared, what is your kind of your intermittent fasting routine? So do you every day, are you on like a 16-8 or? Usually, yeah. And then some days I'll do like a 20 or 22 hours, maybe once a month or twice a month. And I like to correlate it with my cycle because it feels best earlier in your cycle when you're not trying to ovulate and make progesterone. Those times you do need some complex carbohydrates. I love to eat sweet potatoes and things like that. But earlier in your cycle, you know, you're already feeling energized from the estrogen. If you go and do some intermittent fasting, you can like triple that and get so much done. <laughs> so are you talking about, so for listeners, again, so day one is the first day of bleeding. So if you have a 28-day cycle, you probably ovulate between like day 10 and 14, right? <laughs> um, so she's saying, make sure you're not depriving yourself of beneficial fats during that time. I would think you wouldn't want to intermittent fast if you were bleeding heavily, like day one, two, three, or four. But are you kind of saying the sweet spot would be like day five through 10 then? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. For me, I'm at a point where the first day I bleed and maybe the second, I'm tired and I want to sleep a little more and I give my body grace. But then usually by day three, I'm like raring to go. My brain's on fire. I'm ready to tackle the projects. I'm ready to do all the stuff, right? And then after you ovulate, you kind of chill. That's when I'm doing more of my enjoying life, downtime with my kids, that kind of stuff, and just eating more complex carbohydrates, always with the healthy fats though, like you said. And then right before my period, it used to be a nightmare. You know, you know the like crazy town. I don't have that anymore. Like I wake up, I go to the bathroom. Oh, I started bleeding. It's just beautiful. The the contrast from just switching my lifestyle, what a difference it has made on my period. I totally agree. I had stage four endometriosis, which I've shared before. 
And yeah, long story, long. I mean, I had my first kid at 35. I'm hoping to have more. <laughs> so I had kids later in life, not necessarily by choice, because I literally could not, you know, conceive. Yeah. And I had just horrendous cycles. I mean, excruciating pain and nausea and heavy bleeding as well. And I I have that contrast as well. I'm just like still in shock <laughs> that my cycles, I don't want to jinx them, right? <laughs> that I, I don't even know. I mean, I do know because my cycles are very predictable, like 28 days, but I don't even know. I don't have those nasty symptoms that took days and actually years out of my life. I mean, when I look back at all those and, and, and all those days of suffering and ah, that I now I'm, you know, in a way I'm ticked off that I <laughs> didn't know all this earlier, but I'm also empowered and, and encouraged like you were that now we can share this information with others so that those women don't have to suffer, so they can suffer less, right? So I have that same contrast with my cycle, and I am just elated on cloud nine <laughs> about that. That is so wonderful. I mean, so many women have a real struggle reversing endo or getting it under control. So that is so wonderful, but it just... It's the truth, right? It works. If you get all this stuff in control, you can change your hormones completely. Like And change one thing at a time. You know, for me, I, I had that moment where I was like, wow, I'm using chlorine-soaked tampons. Probably not a good idea, right? I, I just had these epiphanies. I knew a lot of this stuff. But once I had to apply it to myself, right, I'm like, okay, maybe I should get organic products. And maybe for the listeners... Listen to your body's intuition. Maybe the diet changes need to be first. You know, maybe choosing safe personal care products need to come first. Like whatever you're motivated to change, make that change. Master one thing at a time. <laughs> and then you can move on to yes. the next. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's key with intermittent fasting as well. Like you can't just start intermittent fasting if you've been snacking five times a day. You know, you need to work up to it because you will get hangry, you will get shaky, you will feel horrible and you'll curse intermittent fasting and never do it again because your body needs to feel safe and it needs to be reminded that you're not trying to starve it, that it's safe to burn that fat. And so I love to tell women, you know, just start eating more healthy fats. Remind your body how to use fat for fuel. So eat the healthy fats like a keto diet, but make it clean make sure it's grass-fed beef, clarified butter or either grass-fed butter. Make sure you're getting organic, clean olive oils, nuts and seeds, that kind of stuff. Remind your body you can burn fat and then you can start to push breakfast back an hour or two and then maybe drop it off. Like this is not something that you just, to tomorrow, right? You got to break up with sugar before you do anything. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> but I like your stepwise approach. Just tackle one thing at a time. You may have heard me mention the nutrient DIM on several episodes, and I want to take a moment to describe exactly what that is. When I was in graduate school, my doctorate focused on estrogen metabolism. Now, you're probably wondering what that even means and why it matters to your health. Well, research has shown that our risks for fibroids, cysts, and breast, ovarian, uterine, prostate, and colon cancer can all be linked back to estrogen, but it's not the levels of estrogens that can increase our risk. Instead, it's the way our bodies handle that estrogen that matters. We can run individual lab tests for this, which I often recommend to my patients. That's called estrogen metabolism testing, which has to be done in the urine. Even without the test, however, it is safe to take a supplement and extract of cruciferous vegetables to improve your estrogen metabolism. 
That's basically like taking in six pounds of those veggies per day in a capsule form without the gas. That supplement is called DIM, D-I-M. You can also use methylated B vitamins as well as specific targeted antioxidants like resveratrol to help improve your estrogen metabolism and help protect you from that cancer risk. Of course, also make sure you have your practitioner run a comprehensive genetic analysis to see from another perspective if you are at increased risk and help you learn what you can do to lower that. If you're interested in learning more about DIM, read chapter six of my book, Your Longevity Blueprint, and check out our product info sheet at yourlongevityblueprint.com forward slash product forward slash DIM. To get 10% off DIM alone, use code DIM or to get 15% off our estrogen detox bundle with DIM, methylated bees, and antioxidant support, just use the code estrogen detox when checking out at yourlongevityblueprint.com. Now let's get back to the show. Kind of is answering the next question I was going to ask you, but I was going to ask, like in your story, how can women in this day and age put themselves first if they want to be there for their loved ones? Oh my gosh. This, I think we are all struggling with this one, right? It's ingrained in us to put ourselves last, to help everybody else first. That's part of being a woman is we take care of other people, but we can't take care of them if we don't take care of ourselves. And I was the prime example. Like I was everybody's favorite OBGYN and it was to the point where my body was broken. You know, I had a herniated ruptured disc. Delivering a baby, right? Did I hear, have I heard that on another podcast? Like (laughs) delivering a baby, you... uh... Lots of bad things. So yeah, I mean, I ended up having to have back surgery and, you know, my crazy heavy periods and I have Hashimoto's and I wiped out my adrenal glands and I abused my body taking care of everybody else because I always put myself last. And so the first thing you got to do is to admit that you're worth it and that you're going to actually invest in yourself and take care of yourself because in the long run, you can't take care of the people you love. So it's a loving thing to do to take care of yourself. And for me, I had to set boundaries. I had to start saying no. I had to put blocks in my schedule because what I learned was people will take, 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 take. And you're going to give, 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 give until there's nothing left. So I physically started putting stuff on my schedule for me time. Exercise was on the schedule. Massage was on the schedule. Going to concerts with my girlfriend was on the schedule. And it was no longer negotiable. It was like, oh, I have to exercise. It's on the schedule because before it was always a dream and aspiration. I'll go running when, I'll go to the gym when, when this is done, when that's done, when nobody else wants me, that's never going to happen. That's a bunch of crap. Like you have to set boundaries. That is the loving thing to do. And you're teaching the people that you love and care for how to set boundaries as well. And so that- Good point, yeah was a real eye-opening point for me was, what am I teaching my kids by always having, you know, this crazy life where I'm giving, 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 and I'm always depleted? I love that. I I think that same is even true for like my staff, I think, because I'm trying, I'm still working on setting better boundaries, but I also think, what am I teaching them when anytime any patient just wants to put a, you know, an appointment on the schedule, sneak it in here, sneak it in there. No, that burns me out. <laughs> and I, I, so what am I teaching them that it's okay to just 
you know, no, you don't let the, <laughs> the patients don't run the, <laughs> run the practice. And so <laughs> yeah, I try to be as accommodating as I can, but, and I used to feel a tremendous guilt if I didn't get everybody in all the time. We're not going to be around to see patients, period, if we, you know, if we don't set boundaries so we can be at our best when we're with patients. We deserve vacation and we deserve, <laughs> you know, downtime as well. So I've, I've, I like what you just said, because I, I think of that also as just with my staff, like what example am I setting for them? Because I want them to also learn to set healthy boundaries in, in their lives. I love that. Yeah, it's so important. And I have physically said to my staff, on more than one occasion, you need to protect me. You need to keep me in a good space so that I can give back to my patients. Because honestly, you know, our work is very emotionally depleting. I care about my patients. They sit and they talk to me and they tell me their life story and everything they're going through. And I take that on and I feel emotionally drained at the end of the day sometimes. And so I need to protect myself. My staff needs to protect me so that I can keep giving back. And so I think if we just look at it in that way, like if you want to keep showing up at your job and being a rock star and showing up for your kids and showing up for your husband, you got to show up for yourself. Yes. Love that. Yeah. Yes. I got to write this down. (laughs) That was a good line. Well, I loved having you on the podcast today. And as I kind of warned you, I ask all of my guests what their top longevity tip would be. And quite frankly, showing up for yourself is a great one. But but tell me, what, what would your top, absolute top longevity tip be? That is my my top tip is show up for yourself, put yourself first. You know, as selfish as you feel, it's the way it has to be. And that's how God wants it. God wants us to take care of our bodies so that we can take care of others. As women, we are the healers, the nurturers, the lovers, the influencers of our family's health, our everybody. So what we do projects onto the world. What we do is what our children learn to do. What we do is what our husbands do. This is key. So I see this all the time. My patients tell me their husbands won't eat well, they won't exercise, they won't do all these things. And then the women start doing it. You better be darned the guys are jumping on board because they want to keep up with their women. They want to live a long, beautiful life with their women. We have so much more influence than we realize or accept. So everything that you're doing in your life is influencing those people that you love, your staff, your family, your friends, your husbands, your spouses, your lovers, everybody is being influenced by what you do. And so if you have some high integrity and take care of yourself and put yourself first, they will too. That's the longevity key Mm. right there. That's so good. I'm sure all the listeners are are thinking, I wish you were my gynecologist because (laughs) you have a great story. And I love what you do. I'm not a gynecologist. I I don't have that experience, but we have very similar patient bases and we're, we're working towards the same mission. So thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story and really just reminding us that God wants us to take care of ourselves, that it's not selfish, that it's what we're called to do so that we can take care of others. So thank you so much. For yeah, on the thank show you today. for having me. I I love all the work you've done. You know, such important work with estrogen metabolism and helping us understand like how our body functions. And 
if people do want to work with me, I'm licensed in over 20 states in the country. So I can see lots of women. You know, I'm here for you if you need me. That is a lot. Well, tell our listeners, I know you have a free gift. So last but not least, tell our listeners what that gift is. Yeah, definitely check out the Functional Gynecologist Guide to Balancing Your Hormones Naturally because it really talks about all the things that we talked about today in more depth. And sometimes you need to see it on paper and get reminded and, you know, use it as a cheat sheet, a little checklist. So download that and start incorporating, do something, one little thing, right? One thing at a time. Yeah. And you also have a podcast, the Functional Gynecologist Podcast, and your book as well. So we will post all of those links in the show notes. Thank you, Dr. Stephanie. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so very thankful Dr. Barber brought attention to estrogen dominance, as it is extremely common, and I hope that you today gained some tips on how to conquer it. She is changing gynecological care using more tools than ever before to help women truly get to the root cause of their symptoms. Be sure to check out her free guide to balancing hormones, link of which I'll post in the show notes. And lastly, as she so eagerly reminded us today, please show up for yourself. Put yourself first so that you can be there for those you love. Be sure to check out my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And if you aren't much of a reader, you're in luck. You can now take my course online where I walk you through each chapter in the book. Plus, for a limited time, the course is 50% off. Check this offer out at yourlongevityblueprint.com and click the course tab. One of the biggest things you can do to support the show and help us reach more listeners is to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I read all of the reviews and would truly love to hear your suggestions for show topics, guests, or how you're applying what you've learned on the show to create your own longevity blueprint. The podcast is produced by the team at Counterweight Creative. As always, thanks so much for listening and remember, wellness is waiting. The information provided in this podcast is educational. No information provided should be considered to be or used as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult with your personal medical authority.